welcome to the Bodice Strippers Romance Novel Podcast, a podcast where we take a deep dive into the world of romance novels, looking not only at the nitty gritty and sometimes steamy parts of romance novels, but we like to also look at the many different aspects that bring this genre together. We like to look at the authors and looking at their strengths and weaknesses, looking at the process of the authors, and also looking at the historical aspects of romance novels. We're a bunch of nerds, but it's going to be a lot of fun, so get ready. Okay, everybody, it is the last episode. We are here to talk about Jennifer Armand Trout. And while I am bummed that we're not going to be doing this every single week, it's going to be good to have a break. And then we're going to come back with guns blazing because now I have like all these other ideas about books that we're going to read. So, what are we oh going to talk about today? Fantastic. We are talking about um, Jennifer Armand Trout, who is, is written lots of books <laughs> um, but we're talking about her sorry, i was just on our website and you're right there's so many series we'll talk about what you said before we started um but we're specifically chatting about her dark elements series and i would like to just point out that i started reading this i read another one of her series that's newer i don't know multiple months ago and then i kind of you know you did what you did which is the deep dive into all things jennifer armantrout but this mm. is a series most of her series are specifically written like ya super mm. ya right she is so in my mind there's so many complex like integrations in her book that i think i told you this before and i literally like halfway through second one i was like what the fuck is going on i'm not i'm i'm 37 years old and i'm struggling <laughs> to like understand what she's writing for a 17 year old and that made me just a little bit upset because i was like i feel like my reading comprehension is quite high i did very well on my sat reading comprehension <laughs> scores you know so i'm like what the fuck is happening that this person is writing a fantasy world that I'm like, what is going yeah, on? I didn't experience that in this, especially not, is it, was it this series that you experienced that? I, I think it was. I was like, oh my God, there's too many like fallen angels are coming down. Mike Archangel, Michael is happening. There's evil, you know, sloth people over here. I was like, dude, could you take like two characters just two characters like out of the storyline. And then I will feel like I have a better handle on what's happening. Yeah, I get that. Where sometimes people, when people write fantasy, it starts to, it can start to become a little bit like Lord of the Rings-ish where you're like, okay, Tolkien like literally gave us an entire alternate universe of beings and lands and languages. And it's like, okay, I'm going to literally need like an encyclopedia to read this. Because you can't a whole, a whole other language just because he could, right? Which is the same as the guy George R. R. Martin, right? Is like you do need this like guidebook along with the books that you're reading because you can't keep everyone straight. It's like impossible. Yeah, yeah. So I did. So let me preface that I love I love Jennifer Armentrout. I actually really love her latest series that I read, which we'll, we can talk about that too. But um, I love love love. But it was it was like oh my god like halfway through I was like okay so and then I in some parts I just had to skim because I was like this is too much this is too much like detail and information give me back to like the main you know storyline and then I'll I'll come back in right yeah I think that is true too is that sometimes authors can get really really into the detail and trying to immerse you in the story and you're like cool I'm just here for the romance get us back to the whole story like <laughs> so thanks. true. Thanks for describing this dungeon in great detail, but I just need to know what happens next. Thanks. Yeah, like the friggin', you know, dungeons under the school. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. But like you spent five, 500 
pages on it. And I just, maybe just one descriptive would have worked just yeah. fine. So. Just a dungeon under school. I can use my imagination for the rest of it. Um, one thing I will say to her credit is her logo is way cute. Did you notice it on her website? It's mm -hmm. her eyes with some glasses and then it's her name underneath. And there's like a cute little snake on the edge. Like that's cute. Mm -hmm. She did a good job. Very we are experts in the field of digital marketing and websites. We do approve. That's that's a big yes. stamp from, from Rosemary because for the most part, we think all your guys' websites are total crap. Yeah, I normally think they all are stupid, but hers is cute. I, I do think it is hilarious that she is an alpaca farmer. Right? <laughs> when I told you about her Instagram, I was like, just be clear. She's not who you think. You're not expecting this person who shows up on her Instagram, who I love. I mean, I think it's fabulous. There's a ton of obviously book covers and like videos with quotes from her books, which of course makes sense. And then there's weaved into that is pictures of alpacas in the sheet. So definitely was not what I expected, but perfect. Um, yeah, so looking at this, this series, one thing I will say also that I mentioned earlier is that I can't stand people that write multiple series and have multiple books in their series, the titles they choose for these books. It's like they played this Russian roulette mashup of like, pick an adjective, now pick a noun, now pick another descriptive adjective at the end. And you've got like this horrible mashup. Like you can't keep them straight, honestly. No. Like there's no, no differentiator between any of them. No, mm -mm. no, like, there's not. And they all sound very, very similar. Like all like, like yes. paranormal romance novelists like had a, had a meetup and were like, okay, well you take dark protectors, you take dark elements, you take dark hunters you I mean it's like okay so there's other words besides dark but you know I yeah. see where you're rolling with it yeah so like her okay I gotta look so her series are flesh and fire is one series blood and ash is another series what's the difference right, <laughs> right. what is the difference between <laughs> things you got to click through and you got to, you got to do the whole Google reads. I mean, that's actually one of the most infuriating things. This is true. I had this problem with Zanetti too, like trying to read yes. Zanetti's um, dark protector series in order. And it honestly doesn't matter if you don't, but you know, some things are spoiled, but like in order, you're like, what the, cause you have 500 of them. I need to know what's one and I need to know what's 500. And a lot of times it's really difficult to actually tell what that is. Yeah. Definitely. And then also it, within her series of so the blood and ash series, there's four books, but if you look at the covers, they look the same. They're right. all the same. They all right. are the same five words, the and 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 ofs mixed with, you know, blood or bones or flesh or war. And you're like, okay. And then there's gilded, like, it, come on, man. <laughs> I can't. And that's actually that's actually the series I started with, which was fantastic. I, I like I like that one a lot. But I'm yeah. sure it was great. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to kind of like wrap your brain around because you're like, which ones? Which where are we? And then she has a origin series, the darkest star, the burning shadow, the brightest night, which feels a lot like Twilight naming tropes to me. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's the one thing that I'll say. Like, can we step away from the white hot kiss, stone cold touch? 
<laughs> well, there's also the point of it because we're talking about demons and gargoyles and souls being sucked and you know all that kind of stuff. So like I get I get how they're tying that all in together. But yeah, it's literally you might as well could you just actually name them one, two, and three? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It was just hard to keep track. So I'm like, which one goes where? It's like a giant puzzle. But this is the one I read. So it was the Dark Element series, and I only read two because I couldn't get every last breath in time. So I read White Hot Kiss and Stone Cold Touch. Now the heroine in these books are is Layla. Layla, yep. Layla. And I actually, I really did like their take on this like biblical spiritual origins of the story yep. and how they wove it into kind of modern day times. That I did love that. I think it was really, really well done. Yeah, I thought, and I think maybe that was why I had such a hard time keeping up with it too, because I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard of a time, but it was definitely like halfway where I was like, what the F is Jennifer doing? I needed to like call her to be like, hey, like we like, you oh. know pitch this together just a little bit differently and you know you're you're a new york times bestseller but i'm gonna give you my very unasked for opinion yeah. um no i like that too because it was new right because you see a lot of there's so many stories about gargoyles and demons and half races mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff and she really did put that element of the the biblical sort of backstory or forestory if you will into mm -hmm. the into the plot line which i liked um another twist is the series that spins off of this one with with one of the main characters out of this series she actually gets really really personal which is an interesting twist as well the main character has suffers from um like a degenerative eye disease which um plays a big part into sort of who the character is and her her power as as kind of a hero right but that is actually the same i believe the same disease eye disease that jennifer armitrout herself has so she talks oh. about the struggle of like being an author and yeah and like trying to to write as her eyesight diminishes right so she I do I, I love I actually really love her as an author I've loved all the, I really have loved all the books I've read from her but I really do enjoy the fact that she actually comes with a pretty unique perspective on multiple of the series that she's that she's written both kind of this personal side for her eyesight piece but then also yeah like the the biblical times and and what that means in a different way right yeah i love when authors do that i feel like um oh shit what's her name the one that wrote the, the ninth house lee bardugo she yes. wrote the other ones that have now become on netflix the show but the ninth house yeah. yeah 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 um mm -hmm. the ninth house i love that she wrote because it was based on um her own experiences at her college which was shit. oh right right yeah college. yale was it yale it was one of the Ivies. It was one of the yeah, Ivies. It was an Ivy League college. And I want to say it was Yale. And so hearing, that, like, I love that, that she wove that this part of her own history into the story. Mm -hmm. I think that's super fun. Um, but yeah, so Dark Elements, I did like it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was very, um, a unique perspective on these, like, fantastical creatures that you, you know, have in the world. Um, I will say that the I tried to start White Hot Kiss, like, 10 times. Yeah. It was real hard for me to wrap my brain around to finally get into the story but once I got into it I loved it like super liked it once I got there and I think part of the problem is that it's set with teenagers yeah and I now have teenagers and so I'm like this is stupid you all are stupid I hate you get out of my face like you're like living both lives right you have them in real life going through teenage drama and then you have you're reading about teenage drama and you're like nope everybody just like if everybody just took a fucking breath and said hey this is how I actually feel and this is how you actually feel all this drama would be eliminated right well and when you read these books like it at least me 
you kind of tend to put yourself in the story, right? You like have your perspective. You're kind of reading it from the perspective of like, I'm living this, right? Like you, you have your own experiences that are coloring the reading that you're putting in. So as I'm reading this like high school setting, I'm thinking of myself in high school, but really like it's me thinking about my kids in high school. So it is that weird break. Like I was telling somebody, I was like, it's weird when you listen to Taylor Swift and it's no longer about you, it's about your kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have this like attachment to the story. And then I realized like, oh my God, that my kid is living that same thing. Those same emotions that Taylor Swift is going through. That's what Olivia is going through right now. You know, like it is a weird like passage into a new like time when all of these things that you had so much emotional connection to growing up is now being experienced by your babies. It's odd. See, and, and that's so funny. I love that you and I have that such a different perspective on that because you have six kids. I have no kids. And so in my mind, I don't struggle with that at all. Right. Because in my mind, like, like I, yes, I am, I am married and I have a house and I have a cat. Those were like the big adult decisions that I had to like make. And the cat, I still wonder about, I'm like, Oh, too much responsibility, you know? Right. But for me, like, I really do think that like, I feel sometimes I'm very much like I can, I can be someone who's, who's had this whole different career and, and uh, traveled a ton and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like I'm 17 still a lot of the times. So I still feel like I'm relating, you know, to a lot of these characters, some, some of the moments, no, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm Cayman. You know, I loved his character in these books, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, I, for the most part, I just don't have that distinguishing factor because I've never had kids. So I'm like, oh yeah, no, I totally get it. That's how I feel, blah, 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 you know, all this sort of stuff. And my mom right. actually said that a long time ago. I asked her, I was like, do you ever feel like you actually become an adult or some, you know, 16 year old question I asked. And she's like, actually, she's like, I feel, and this was my mom at like 65. She's like, I think I kind of feel like I stopped around 30. She's like, 30 is sort of where my brain stayed and, and sort of like you look in the mirror and then you're like, oh my God, how, how am I 60 now? You know, kind of thing. Right. But she's like, you still go through life saying, okay, I've had some experiences, but like, you're still like scared shitless in a lot of ways. And everything is like, well, I hope this effing works. And you just sort of leap and take the faith and right. you know, all that sort of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting that like, she's double that age, but she still was like, yeah, you, you kind of have to fake it just till you die. And you hope for the best, you know, a lot of times, cause you're just like, you just don't have all the experiences you could potentially have. So it takes you right. going through it kind of like in a young mindset you know yeah no I think that's totally true and even when you do have kids and they are becoming like the age that you're reading about you still have that mindset so it is more like a um not that like me and my kids are like best friends it's not what I want to say but like I feel like it's that feeling when you're an adult child and you talk to your mom like if you have a close relationship with like a parent or an aunt or somebody where it's like you're on the same level like you, you know this like we've had conversations with people where we're like, oh, wait, what, how old are they? Because you kind of forget that they're not your same age. Like I have one of my best friends is 15 years older than I am. And like, it doesn't even occur to me that we are not the same age. Like Mm -hmm. we're going through a lot of the same life experiences because she had kids the same time I had kids. She was just, you know, obviously 15 years older, but like age really, when it comes down to it, doesn't really matter a whole hell of a lot. And that's even true when you are a mom, right? Like you don't have the answers. You're raising these kids and you're like, I don't know, man, hopefully this doesn't <laughs> fuck someone up and end up in therapy for this, but they're going to end up in therapy for something. So might as well do this, whatever. Yeah. You know? So it is this idea of like, I am reading it from my perspective. It's like the white hot kiss was the first book. And I definitely read it from like my experiences in high school. I probably had a very different experience, a high school experience than a lot of the characters in there. Right. Like I, 
was the cheer captain. I took all AP classes. I was the captain of the dance team. I had a full-time job teaching dance outside of school. Like I was go, 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 busy, 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 like super motivated. My, my parents were raising a whole bunch of little kids. I was the oldest daughter. So like, I was, I felt like a tight, like an adult that was 18, like from the age of 15 on, like I was doing all of those things since ninth grade. So I have that perspective and I'm reading all of these things and seeing Layla's independence and seeing her kind of being on her own. Like I very much identified with that, right? Like I didn't, obviously I wasn't like locked away and I had a whole bunch of siblings and I had a family that loved me and cared about me. I wasn't like an orphan, you know, like she is thinking she is, but definitely that like feeling of loneliness isn't the right word. I would say maybe independence, right? Like Mm-hmm. I I know what I'm doing. I know what's best for me. I'm going to do the things without, with, you know, without any help, I'm good. You know, that was definitely my perspective. So I identified with that. And then you look at it from like a mom's perspective and you're like, oh, Lala's like, not that at all. Like Lala is more like, you know, whatever character in the book, because she is more cautious or she is more quirky or she is like an artist and she's very, you know, introspective like it's just very interesting to be able to go through this like high school setting in this book and be able to see it from a bunch of different perspectives because you have had conversations with kids that are in high school now it's yeah yeah no I I fully agree that's got to be an interesting because you're you have both those dualities happening at the same time right you're reading about it you're experiencing it and and I do appreciate the people because I think sometimes especially in our society our culture you know the the age thing is very real people really identify with their age, but everyone I've ever talked to who was like, forget about the age, forget about the number. Like those are the people who live, you know, happy, long, fulfilled lives because, you know, JLo still looks like she's 16, which it's not just coconut oil. It can't be, but like, right. She doesn't think she's 52 or however old, right? right? Like she, she's also, she's living her best fucking life. Oh my God. She is (laughs) looking her best. She is living her best life and she's got a bunch of kids and she doesn't give a fuck. She is doing her thing like I love that I do too I'm and and she I guarantee you she's not someone who thinks about her fucking age she thinks about someone who's like how do I continue to crush in every single you know industry that I want to go into kind of thing yeah which I think is so healthy and so good for kids to see like even this last week we went out like four days like four nights we were gone because it was our anniversary and we hung out with friends and we went out on Saturday and we get home my kids are like man you guys were gone a lot this weekend or this like week what were you guys doing? We were like having fun, going out with friends, like living our best lives. And they're like, oh, that's actually cool. Like it is like, you don't need to be a part of all of it to know that like parents like to do fun things, you know? Right. Like you're actually still, you're still people, right? Yeah. We're still people. We're doing the things like, and I don't really remember, this is not like a, my parents suck or anything, but like, they really weren't those people. Like they didn't go out a lot. Like they, didn't do a whole lot for them or just with each other. And that's fine. Like not everybody has to do that, but I like that idea of as a kid, you're seeing that like your parents are people, they're just people. They don't have all the answers. Well, and I think that's a generational thing too. I agree with you. Cause like my, I know my parents went out for date night and things like that, but it's not, it wasn't all the time and it wasn't super common. And, you know, so but I think this, our, our generation, our age, they, that is more people, people go out, they leave their kids or taking trips, all that sort of stuff. And I had this like same conversation this morning when I was teaching with a student, um, where we both were like, it, 
life again, and you and I just had this conversation, life doesn't have to look how you think it should look, you know, all the time. Cause she was talking about how she, she rents and someone's living with her to like offset the rent. Cause housing's really expensive right now. Right. And then she's dating this guy who's like 45 years old and he's now living with someone and his, cause his kids are actually grown. And, and he was like, Oh, I feel bad about that. And she's like, why things are changing. Like right. you, you make it work for yourself, however you want it to work. And it, it never has to be work the job for 40 years live in the house for 40 years, you know, kind of thing. There's just so much more fluidity to what we can do with our lives. And so I think, yes, our generation in particular is starting to embody that. The, the next generation coming up is doing an even better job, hopefully. And right. then your kids are able to see that. It's like, hey, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, Lala just wants to be an artist and go live in a trailer or in a van down by the river and make it work for her, you know? And like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, that, that ha- does not have to mean anything to me that does not have to incite any kind of emotion in me other than like, I hope that you're doing your thing. I hope you're doing what makes, feels right to you in every moment and you're happy. That's all. That's it. Like nothing that any one of my kids has ever done has ever meant anything about who I am as a person. Like I love when people come to me and they're like, oh my God, your kids are so polite. That's probably like our biggest thing that people tell us is like your kids, they came over, they were so polite. I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad, but that has nothing to do with me. Like, I'm glad that we modeled that and made that important and that's fine. But like, but they that, still chose how they show up at your house, exactly. right? Exactly. house, yeah. Right. Like anything that my kids do, I don't make it about me. You know what I mean? And I think on the vice versa, my kids know, I think it's very obvious that they're like the most important thing in my life, but they're not my life. Like I have so much going on and so many other things happening that like, I don't live to be a mom. Like I'm living to be me as a person and it's a bonus that I get to be a mom and get to have these experiences with all these kids. And it's, it's like the luckiest thing ever, but it's also like one piece of the puzzle, you know what I mean? And so I think that's nice also to show kids, like, not only do you go out and have fun and do things like you are your own people. You're st- I'm still writing my own story. I'm still trying new experiences. I'm still failing at things. I'm still getting frustrated at times, but I'm working through it. Like there's just that resilience that keeps building. It's not like this one experience with this one mom that doesn't change because you see that and then you graduate and you're like, shit, mom lost her mind. And she's now in a loony bin or like she had to come to Jesus and now left dad. And it's, you know what I mean? Like you see that a lot is like when they're finally empty nesters, everything falls to fucking pieces yeah. because you're yeah. no longer in survival mode. Now you have to actually like be a person and like coexist right. with another person. So yeah, it is, it's super interesting. And this kind of has veered off super far. But one thing I will say too about Jennifer Armentrout, I love this idea of taking a setting like high school and giving such something that's so much bigger of more importance that the little things in high school don't fucking matter. Like Layla doesn't give a fuck what her grade is in science because guess what? The world's coming to an end. Guess what? Her mom is, what's her name? Lilith. Lilith, yeah. I mean, is like, it's, I love this like concept of showing people that like, hey, guess what? Those things that you think are real problems in high school, they actually don't matter at all. Right. Because there's bigger things. To be clear, halfway through this podcast recording, this book would happen to be about Layla. <laughs> so let's just clear up what that storyline is. Yeah. Who is half um, demon, half gargoyle. So yeah. that so people need to understand that's sort of the premise. And then she's protected by a race of people called the wardens, which which are actually a race of gargoyles. But there's a whole backstory to how they came about. So you've got to think big 
paranormal with with yeah demons and gargoyles and half half humans and and special abilities for all these people and basically it's the end of the world I mean let's just put it like that I mean yeah I mean it's like a big thing but I mean I think that can apply to kind of anything right is like all of these problems and this is a perfect example I feel like COVID was this for us too is like in the day-to-day the pandemic and all of the shit around that right whether that was a lockdown whether that's a mask mandate whether that's a vaccine whether that's a relationship with your family all of that right like you get to decide, is this the big, huge thing that everyone's making it out to be? Or is there something greater at play? And like, who gets to pick that? Mm-hmm. You as a person. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't need to go into like all of that really, but I feel like you and I last year with one of our other friends, we really decided like, we're going to make our reality what we want it to be. And so we decided to do a lot of things in nature. We would meet and do yoga. We would go on the the river a lot and do things like we were living, to be honest, I was living my best fucking life. I, that was like the first time I've ever gone and done a ton of stuff in nature. We were hiking, we were doing all these things outside. And then I remember someone being like, I just can't wait for life to get back to normal again. And so I can just like do life again. And I'm like, oh shit, I've been doing life. What? (laughs) Right. Uh, never stopped for me actually got better because I, I saw a situation that was presented to me and, and, and not to diminish the seriousness of COVID and people who are greatly impacted by it. Right. But like you, 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 it's every day you choose where you get to show up. Right. Like, and so it's, it's, and there are shitty, shitty days for sure. But you tend to, when you feel a lot, you tend to, you feel the real lows, but then you get to experience the real highs. Right. But it is the general overall, like, how do I show up today? How do I roll out of bed? Like, and how do I, when I presented with a situation that's out of my control, like COVID was for so many, right. Yeah. I can, I can sit here and gain 30 pounds and get really depressed and like totally understand like why that was the case. Or I can say, you know what, I'm going to alter, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot, which I hate that we all hate that word. Right. But like, I'm going to adapt. Now we do. I'm going to adapt and I'm going to choose to be like, okay, so I can't do anything inside, but you know what? We're going to go outside. We're going to go hike. We're going to do things in nature. We're going to spend some time with friends, you know, outside. And it's like, it is that choice. It is that choice. Right. And that's what I loved about it is like, no matter what little thing, like in the school that you think is going on and is of the utmost importance, there is a bigger thing at play that you can focus on to realize that none of this really matters. Like, it's right. all going to be fine. Like it's all going to work itself out. So I did like that. I like taking a thing that like a lot of teenagers will say that is like the end all be all. I remember being there being like, Oh my God, my grade in AP English is going to be the thing that's going to kill me. Dead. It's not news. Spoiler alert. It's not, doesn't matter at all. So that, um, I did like that. I like that juxtaposition of like this big, huge, impactful overarching story mixed with the like day-to-day life of someone who's in high school and worried about the smaller things yeah and also it's a good romance sex novel what did we think let's how do how do we feel sex rating here's my opinion on this is um I only read two of the books and there was not actual sexual intercourse in either one because I do think this is a YA book it is yeah but what she did write was a whole hell of a lot of lead up Mm -hmm. to sex what do you even call that there's a lot of tension there's a foreplay. Yeah. A lot of tension, a lot of foreplay, a lot of the things that you do before you get to that end point. And I am so here for that because I feel like, especially as an adult woman, there's not a lot of that no. in general. And there's certainly not a lot of it when you're married. Like <laughs> right. pretty much like we're here, we're here to do the thing. We're done. We're moving on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 
it becomes like a non-issue. Like that's just not something you do because you can have the whole enchilada. Why would you go and have a bunch of chips and salsa if you're going to have the whole enchilada later? There's, there's for me, comfort level, right? That, that, the, yeah. the, the tension, like what we've talked about before, like the text message that you get and get a smile right. and, and, you know, is he going to call me? Is he not? And like, how far are we going to go on this date kind of thing like that? That just, that's eliminated when you get married because you are now with that person. You have right. made that commitment, right? So yeah, well, it is. And it is. I even feel like it's probably, again, I met my husband when I was 20. So like, it's right. been a while before I've, and I haven't even, you know, clearly dated anyone as an adult very much, but I would think that even as an adult, that piece, you probably skip over that. If you're an adult dating, it probably goes just straight to the real deal. I don't know. I, I, Eric and I were not like that. There was a lot of there. Well, there wasn't too much time, but there was a little bit of time that there was a little bit of that. I mean, actually there was quite a bit of time, but he was in an unusual circumstance because he was actually going through a divorce. So there was, there was a piece wow. where we, like, we could like a barrier. Yeah. There was a barrier, but in a weird way it was, it did sort of like heighten that, that ability to, to, yeah, like have that kind of foreplay to have that sort of sexual tension, you know, ahead of, ahead of time. And I've talked to a few of my other female friends who are in their forties, single dating. And one of them in particular, she's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. She's like, I jumped too fast in my last relationship. So she's like, I'm kind of like drawing it out. And I'm like, yeah, you know, good for, good for you. So I think it's rare. I think it's rarer, but I I actually do know some people who have, have really tried to take the time because it is, you don't get that back. Like once you're fully like at one time with the person, it's over. It's over. So it's like, you like the, and that's what we all love about romance novels, right? Is the build up, the lead up, the tension. Once again, once the main characters get together, you're like, oh damn, like it's good. I want good sex after that. But like you, you cannot replicate any longer the pre, you know, it's over environment. It's over. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, so the third book you'll, you will you get there. Okay. Perfect. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was really well written. What should we yeah. get it? I'm like all for all of that, but yeah, it was, um, and to be honest, there wasn't as many scenes as I wish there were. There, there gets to be more, um, okay. I think, and especially in, in the third one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I would give it an eight, but because, well, maybe a seven because there wasn't as much as I wish. And that's really it. I feel like what she did right was good. And yeah, okay. I feel like I'm, I'm right there. I might give her an eight because I've read a little bit further, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've read more. Yeah, 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 I agree. Okay, so then favorite character for you? You know, it's going to be so cliche, but I really loved Roth. I okay, really loved Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I loved him. Oh my God. And I think this is my problem. I think this is the type of person I'm actually attracted to like in, in real life, if this person were to exist, because A, you're smoking hot. That's great. But B it's the attitude. It's the swagger. It's the confidence. It's the, I'm a badass. And, but I'm funny. Like, I love that he's funny with that sarcasm. Like she wrote him really, really well. And then especially kind of in, in maybe in three, I don't know if it happens to you see that vulnerable side of him, right? Like you see that really like kind, compassionate, like I'm, I have no, basically his character has no soul. Right. But like, he, he obviously does, you know? And so, yeah, I, it's, it's the, it's the sarcasm. It's the sarcasm with the, the intelligence that like, I will be attracted to every single time. Yeah. Mine is definitely like, I've dated people like that before. And so it's immediately like, yep, that's the guy. That's the guy. If I was in high school, that's the guy. Like, how can you not? So obvious. The guy that's like a total dick, but like not to you on important times. And that's really like the sad poison of being a teenage girl is like, for me, mine was always like the, let me save the puppies. So it was like, if there was a damaged anyone there, I'm like, I can rescue you from the depths 
of whatever, you know what I mean? Like totally. anyone that was fucking life up and I, I'm all over it. No. I'm like, don't worry. Because you're a fixer. You're a fixer. You go yes. in and you're like, I can problem solve. I can find solutions. And then I would like to move on. Which is the <laughs> biggest pain point of my marriage, as you can know. I, I'll fix all the things. Like, nope, you got to actually let people do their own work. Okay. Yep. Hands off. Yep. Back it up. Let people totally. live their lives and quit fixing. That's, and there you go. That's my whole life in a nutshell. So yeah, Roth, that'd be me. I'd be all over that guy like white on ice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nope. It's, it's good. Good. Mutual, mutual agreement there. Yep super super good you wrote him well yeah I loved it so I'm excited to read the last one every last breath hmm shocker super unique every breath you take I'll be watching you I know I know I mean the thing is maybe it's this because you know how usually authors Instagrams are super super shitty right yeah it's because they cannot expend their creativity in both places so it's like I think you spend so much on on the content of your book, you can't actually really worry about the title so much. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, it's like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter and the right. Prince of whatever the fuck. It's like, right. this is a common problem. It's <laughs> not, I think it's just like a universal issue is that like- Obviously it's not harming them. Like they're doing just fine. JK right. did just fine. Jennifer's doing just fine. So it's like, it's it, it, part of me is like literally just name it one, two, and three and we'd be good. You yeah. know? Like literally looking at her on this Instagram post of her stack of her own books. Like nice. no wonder you're writing too many books. Like you're not for whom and the bell tolls. You that's know? the other thing too, right? Which is what we should say for season two, but that fascinates me, right? Authors who can yeah. pump out good, I'm talking good books over and over and over again in rapid succession versus like one. And it was like lifeblood still did a really good job. Still a fantastic book, but they're like, that's it. You know, that, that difference to me is always super interesting to like, I want to be inside that creative process, right? thousand percent. I literally want to watch you from inception of your idea to the end. I want to be there with the camera. I want to document the whole thing. Let me live in your house. I just oh. want to know. I need to, I we want to know. She's not super creepy, just a little creepy. <laughs> I'm the creepiest. I don't give a fuck. I want to see inside your brain. Open it up and let me look. It's true because she pumps out a shit ton of books. And like I said, they're not uncomplicated books. This is not a, this is not your simple romance storyline. This is a, a right. world like, like, you know, she's been building. It's like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive. She's doing a great job. So hopefully she will not be insulted by my judgment of her titles and will come and talk to us. <laughs> I feel like it's a strong no, but we can always hope. <laughs> a strong heart. She's like, I'll talk to Krista about Rosemary has to stay home. Great. Okay. She won't talk to me because I'm like, this is too complicated for me to understand. <laughs> oh, it's still good. We get like high praise. I would literally give this one probably like an, uh, an eight. We'll give it an eight. Mm-hmm. Like a good, if we're Goodreads reviewers, yeah. Like I would say solid, solid eight. Yeah. But again, to be fair, I have only read two of one of her series. So I need to get deeper. I need to clearly get deeper into her universe, yes. really immerse myself and move on from there. The whole thing. Well, then. Sure. All right. So then to wrap, what are you reading right now? So I'm reading The Mists of Avalon. It's a long book. That's what I will say, <laughs> which also has a lot of like canon behind it which means it's a lot it's like its own little world so many characters and a lot of those characters have two names so that's the hard part is trying to get all the Gwydians and Galahads and Guinevere's and whatever's the Gawains there's a lot of G's so it's difficult at times to piece it together what I do love about it is although it's long makes it longer it does weave through time 
the stories of a multi-generation, which I find fascinating because that is like a huge thing to me is like, I'm a history, I'll go down a history rabbit hole and never come out because I want to know like, okay, this is fascinating. What about this? Like you get me going on like a world war II rabbit hole. And then I'm like deep into like Austria's background and then Franz Ferdinand. And then that, you know what I mean? I'll go deep into like the royalty. I'll go deep into the, like, whatever the economics of the time is. So like, I will just drown in history. Mm. So I did like this because it does span three generations and I love that it spans and it, it contrasts the story between Christianity and like the beginning of, this isn't the beginning of it. I mean, this is like probably 800 years into Christianity to a thousand years into Christianity. So after Roman rule, right, kind of at the peak of where Christianity is spreading throughout a country that was previously very pagan based. And so seeing that juxtaposition again is super, super interesting. Obviously we come from a space and time where Christianity is the number one religion in the world and is so widespread and has a lot of the influence in our day-to-day lives, right? Holidays, bank holidays, like all the things, right? Like you can very, very viscerally see the influence of Christianity in our day-to-day life in 2021. Um, But it's very cool to see like kind of how it creeps in and then a perspective of like people that are very, you know, religious and dogmatic in one religion and then obviously religious and dogmatic in the previous religion and seeing that kind of like battle of wills between this like patriarchal, you know, um, masculine-based society versus a goddess-based society very much based on the earth and nature and the stars and, you know, a very feminine viewpoint. It's very cool to see that because you don't, uh, there's not a lot of that. I mean, obviously having masculine and feminine dichotomies now that's becoming more and more prevalent, at least me going down my woo rabbit hole, I'm seeing and experiencing a lot more of that. But it's not something that's very visible in the day-to-day life, I feel like. So it's very interesting. I love it. I'm loving it. But I'm not done because it's long. It's a thousand pages, but it's fine. So long. Yeah. Um, I find this hilarious because I feel like as soon as you started going down the rabbit hole of like the economics and the history, I'm like, I'm out because I feel like I'm still even 10 years after I graduated from graduate school, I have PTSD from all the reading that I had to do. So I literally still to this day, I'm like, please give me fluff. I have spent too much of my life reading about all this. And I'm like, nope. So I am reading the third book in the series that I talked about earlier. It's The Virgin Who Humbled Lord Has, Has Lemire, Has Lemire by Anna Bradley. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. If you've not read the series, you should read this. So Wait, Anna Bradley, I'm typing in there. Anna Bradley. And I think it's like the first one's The Virgin Who Humbled Lord Gray. This is, I think you would enjoy this series. This is a little bit different of a twist. These titles are too long. It, it is too long. It is unfortunate. Wait, the virgin who bewitched Lord Limington? Nope, I think that's number two. So okay. the virgin who humbled Lord Grey, I think is number one. Who ruined Lord who ruined. Grey. There it is. Put that on hold. Enjoy I'm your excited. life. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Anna Bradley, are we, we're going to review her. Is it YA or is this the real deal? No, it's the real deal. Okay. Real Our- deal. I do enjoy her. So I'm reading her right now and uh, all good things. So So guys, we're going to obviously review her next season. That's for damn sure. And I I feel like I'm putting this out here now. We have got to do Outlander. We have to. Diana Gabaldon, it's going to be long. Suck it up. It's going to be fine. So long. And we only have to do do one series. We just got to do, I mean, that's almost like its own podcast series. Maybe we should just do our own podcast. You know what? I actually had, I started listening to a podcast, a lady who reads like, 
a page of a book and then like discusses it yeah. every single yeah. week. And she's been doing it for like 10 years. Does she, so she's made it through one book or like, she well, it's called like a, have you ever heard of a course in miracles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never heard of that in my life. So I oh, heard about yeah. someone mention it. And so her podcast is called a course in what? And she literally reads. And so she started, I listened to only one episode, but it's like the preface. So she reads the preface and then she's like, okay, so here's the story about how these people met. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is fascinating. This is like a fascinating way to approach like a book. Oh, yeah. oh, we should definitely do this. Well, just, just know for all dear listeners that, that we're going to come in hot with season two. And then there's probably going to be some spinoff podcasts seasons right. so you know it's gonna be fantastic great it's gonna be great all right well we'll see you guys next season and hope you guys have a nice break and enjoy all of season one because we had so much fun putting it together so much fun thank you guys for listening we'll see you next time see ya Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bodice Rippers Romance Novel Podcast. We are just so completely delighted that you guys are tuning in and listening to all things romance novel related, as well as all things in a completely different tangent. <laughs> We're here for big conversations, small conversations that are on topic and off topic. Please, 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 if you have a second, just rate, review, subscribe, leave us a note, leave us a message. It just really helps us in the podcasting world as we pretty much want to be doing this full time because we just love chatting about all things romance novels and talking with all of you guys. So if you have a quick second, let us know how we're doing. And of course, if you have any feedback, just pop us a review and let us know what we could do better, could do worse, or could do more in a hilarious fashion. And until next time, you guys get out there, read those romance novels, and let us know what are your juiciest takeaways. Talk to you soon. <laughs>